Thank you for joining us today. We're in part three of our series on the light versus the darkness or the glory of God versus the, the powers of Satan and of hell. And what we want to see today is, I think, one of the most interesting things in the Word of God. Matter of fact, these are the things that I see in God's Word that make me know that it's an inspired Word of God. No man could think this up. But every curse that occurred to Adam and Eve in the garden, we're going to see that Christ actually bore that on the cross. His torture on the cross, his, his dying on the cross, showed that that curse was born by Jesus. And we'll find verses in the Bible in Galatians chapter 3 that will point this out. How amazing that God would construct it in such a way that the curse could be reversed by the death of Jesus Christ. Step by step, you'll see how God's Word contains this thing. Now join us for part three. Now, I, I want us to, to look at a couple things. And, uh, and what does darkness mean? Well, first of all, I think it was God speaking to mankind to behold this event. I think this. I think from Genesis 4, when God said, let there be light, there was, think about this, there, there was no light there. All the way back in Genesis chapter 1, there's no light. God creates light. And, and it's quoted all the time. God said, let there be light. And then what you're supposed to say, and there was light. And so I think this darkness was equal to, to this particular time. I think it's talking about this, that darkness was expressing the wrath of God. You see, here's what the Bible says in Galatians chapter 3. Jesus was made a curse for us. Curses is everyone that hangs on a tree. Galatians chapter 3, and, and it says this. I want to read it to you because it's just so powerful because I think now you begin to say, okay, I understand now why, why this death had to occur. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree, everyone that is crucified. And so here's Jesus, and he's judged for our sins. He took that totally for us. I think silence was there. You want to know something? When you read the gospel accounts of the crucifixion, there were people mocking Jesus. They said he calls for Elijah. No, he wasn't calling for Elijah. He was talking to his God. But when this darkness came, there was total silence there. And so we see the power of God. Here's what it says in Luke 22. Listen to this. It says this. I, I want to, again, I want to read it to you because I want you to understand this is what the Bible says. This plan of God was put in the Word of God for a very specific reason. Chapter 22, and um, verse 43, I think. Well... I'll find it in my notes here, just a second. No, I'll let you find it for me. It's in chapter 22. What verse? 53. 53, thank you. Okay, yeah, okay. Here's what it says. When I was daily with you in the temple, you stretched forth no hand against me, but this is your hour in the power of darkness. Now, the power of darkness. Jesus knew that, that this was was going to be a special statement. And so, again, see the, see the point of this thing. Now, in the thick darkness, that's when he cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And, and we know why, because he was a holy God. 
And so here's this creator of the universe. And, but I want you to see that there's something really special. Okay? Here's what I believe. I believe that everything that Adam and Eve experienced when they sinned in the garden is now going to be removed by Christ. Okay? God, God has a plan. And so you remember the, the curse that was put on Adam and Eve for sinning and how they were driven from the garden and protected from the garden by, by a spear. And so here's what it says in Romans. Notice, notice this verse, and then I want to just show you some of the parallels. And I know that we're not going to be able to see them all, but at least we'll be able to look at some of them. Here's what it says. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Therefore, as by the offense of one judgment came upon all men to condemn, even so by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. I, all the time, some of the time, I, I ask students, how is it fair? How is it fair for Adam to sin and condemn us all? You ever think about that? I do. Because you see, Adam acted as the head of the human race. So, so let's just say that you're working for a company and, and they decide we're going to be closed tomorrow. Guess what? You're, you're out of work, aren't you? Okay, why? Because the company, the boss, acts as the head of the company. Uh, uh, let's say the, the president decides that we're going to go to war. And, uh, and so, Macari, if the president decides, oh, you're from the Bahamas, well, so the president of the Bahamas decides you're going to go to war in the United States. And so you say, wait a minute, I'm here in the United States, I don't want to go to war against... But when the Bahama president says you're going to war, guess what? You're at war, aren't you? So, we have people that act for the head of the human race, and it was Adam. Adam sinned. And he passed on the sin DNA to all of us. And from time to time, people say, that's not fair. God's unjust. No, 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 no. Believe me, God is just. You want to know why? Because if by one man's sin, we're all made sinners, by one man's obedience, that's Jesus, we can all have salvation. That's not fair, is it? Hmm. For God to accept me, a sinner, and give me full privilege of heaven, there's only one way. One man. That one man was Jesus, and he was the only one. Now, here's the thing that I think is a, a wonderful pattern, and, and we won't get through this, but do you know that in, in Genesis chapter 3, uh, let, let's go to Genesis 3, because there's some, some really interesting words there, and I want you to see this. Genesis chapter 3, and, and once I show you the pattern, well, you're going to be able to to, to find these probably as quicker, quicker than I am. But in Genesis chapter 3, verse 14, And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all the cattle, above every beast of the field, upon thy belly thou shalt go, and thus shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, between thy seed and her seed. By, by the way, notice this. Thy seed, that's, that's Satan's seed, and her seed. Not, not their seed, 
that would be Adam and Eve. Not his seed, that would be Adam, but her seed, the woman's seed. And I think that's one of the reasons why Jesus had to be virgin born. We'll talk about that later. <clears throat> he shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Unto the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children. Thy desire shall be toward thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. And, at, and unto Adam, he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it, cursed is the ground for thy sake. <clears throat> in sorrow thou shalt eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall that bring forth unto thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread, till thou return unto the ground. For out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust thou shalt return. Adam called his wife's name Eve, because she was the mother of all living. For Adam also, and for his wife, did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothe them. So here's a, a number of things that, that occurred at creation and when there was a fall. The Bible talks about the fact that there will be thorns. Can, can you imagine earning a living in the garden when there were no weeds and no thorns? I could even be a farmer. I mean, really, think about how this would be incredible. But when the curse came, now there, there, there were thorns. And so, isn't it interesting that, that in Matthew chapter 27, it says that Christ would wear a crown of thorns. In other words, the, the, the pain and the suffering of the thorns, and, and that Jesus would bear on the cross. And then it says in verse 18, it says that... Uh, Adam ate bitter herbs of the field, and Jesus was given vinegar to drink mixed with gall. And there's another story there, and I'm not going to take time for it because the idea of the sponge and all that went to it, but some of you know it, and, and we won't take the time right now. Next, it says that Adam would, uh, the, the work would be hard. From time to time, you come home and say, man, my job is hard. If you don't feel it now, you will in a few years because you feel more aches and pains when you're 40 and 50, and 80, and 90, you'll feel them. And so it says, sweat, work won't be easy. And it says in Luke 22 that Jesus sweat as were great drops of blood from the ground. <clears throat> it wasn't bleeding coming out of his face, no. It says that, that he sweat as it were great drops. In other words, how, how blood flows, not, <clears throat> not just sweat. That's how big that it was. Next, it said that, that they would have to till the ground. And... What it says in Psalms 129, verse 3, it says this, The plowers plowed upon my back, they made long their furrows. Remember when I described the crucifixion? And how that the, the flesh was ripped? And in Psalms it said that, that he would have, it would be like a, a farmer plowing his back. Jesus was scourged. And that description is given in John chapter 19. And then it's interesting because you see, Adam and Eve were driven out of the garden. And at the, at the place where they were driven out, there, there was a, a spear. There were angels. There were spears and swords to make sure they didn't re-enter. And here's Jesus, and guess what he does? He takes a spear in his side, doesn't he? In other words, every part of the curse, because of sin, on the cross, Jesus would bear that, showing 
that he was going all the way back to the beginning, and what Adam and Eve did in terms of collapsing the paradise of God, Jesus was going to bring back. I don't know about you, but I'm really happy about that. Aren't you? I know you don't say amen, but I say amen. Thank you, Lord. There's not one part of the curse that Jesus did not endure. If there was one part that he didn't bear, guess what? We would have to bear that. But Jesus said, no, I'm going to do it all. And so here he is on the cross doing this. Now, it says this, that he was driven out of the garden. Well, you know, sometimes people think, okay, it was so cruel of God to do that. No, no, he did. You want to know why he did that? Very, very special reason. There were two trees, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. God says, don't eat of it. So what does Adam do? Same thing I would have done. I mean, do you think, do you think Eve ate of that because she was hungry? No, she had every tree to eat. Why did she do it? Rebellion. Given freedom, the human rebels. It's real easy to see it in students, but I have the same rebellion in my heart because when I see the speed limit at Bel Air is 40, and you know what I think in my mind? They won't stop me if I'm going 42. Yeah. It, it, it wasn't, it's just this. Satan came to Eve. And how did Satan rebel? Over authority. He didn't want to be under God. He wanted to be equal with God. He, if you read about Lucifer, you will find he was one of the three archangels. He had a special place. He was given all kinds of special favors. You can never give a person enough special favors so that they don't have a sin rebellion. I know. I'm speaking from personal experience. Matter of fact, sometimes the more you give a kid, the more they want. And so Lucifer, not just an angel, an archangel, he says, I want a little more. And so at this rebellion, he goes to Eve and says, you know, and, and he lies about God. He added one word. He took out one word. He changed the order. Three subtle things, and he changed the whole message of God. He says, you shall not surely die. That's not what God said. God said, you shall surely die. Just add the word not, change the whole message. He says, you, you can't eat it, you can't touch it. He didn't say that. You see, it's important we know what God says. That's why the word of God is so important. And so, why does God drive him out of the garden? You want to know why? Because in that fallen condition... After they ate the, tree, ate the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, if they would have eaten of the tree of, of life, they eternally would have been in a sinful condition forever. And God in his mercy takes and says, I'm going to ban you. I'm going to put you out of the garden. I'm going to put a guard here so you can't get back in. Because you know what? Satan will be back tomorrow and he'll give you another challenge and you'll take it. You want to know why? Pride. <laughs> what, what made Lucifer think that he was above God? Pride. He looked in the mirror and says, you know, you handsome brute, you. 
You're, you're better looking than all the other angels. You're more powerful. You might be God. Yeah, and I see little kids at school. And their kids, their parents tell me, my kid doesn't lie. Boy, you don't know your kid because he just told me a whopper. Yeah, my kids don't cheat. Um, well, I found the spelling words written on the label of the water bottle and you just look through the water bottle and there they are. So I wonder who wrote that. Probably your neighbor. No, we're capable of every sin. And God says, you know what? I don't want you to be permanently in that condition. He guards the way so they can't get back in. He did that out of mercy. And guess what? When they crucified Jesus, they took him outside the city. <laughs> because that's where sin and death is dealt with. And then there's one more, and we'll have to do it next. You know what? Adam and Eve, they discovered that they were naked. They had, they had a good look at themselves. And God provides clothing for them. And the Bible says that they were, they were skins of animals. And so if you're going to take the skin of an animal and make it into clothing, guess what happens to that animal? They die. Because you see, the wages of sin is death. And when Adam and Eve sinned, death had to come. And next week is where we'll start. But here's Jesus. And he had two garments. And the Bible describes it so incredibly. Because one garment, this is told in the book of Psalms and told in, in other places. It's incredible. The Bible said he has two garments. And you'll know that this is a fulfillment of God's word. Because these things will happen to his clothing. And listen, by the time you're done, the outer garment was gone from Jesus. The inner garment was gone from Jesus. And Jesus hood stood there all alone on a cross naked bearing my sin. Embarrassing? Not just because in front of men and women, but he bore my sin in front of a holy, righteous God. Wow. And God brings about this incredible, this incredible darkness. Well, we, we want to start there next week because, you see, we're really only part of the way through the story. I started to say half, but not quite. <coughs> because I want to show you that, that what God saw in creation and the darkness that was there and God said let there be light now you know the end of the story because Jesus is going to say this I'm the light of the world so we'll, we'll begin with his clothing we'll, we'll look at his statement in John in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and then it's going to talk about the light of the world and and then what's incredible is that God is going to get the attention of mankind again in a future day. It's going to be so that I don't care. You can be the most, you can say I'm an agnostic. You can say I'm an atheist. God is going to have a way to get the attention of every single soul on planet Earth because he's going to do something so incredible. It, really, even if you're blind, you're going to know what's taking place. That's how powerful God is. You want to know why? God's not willing that any should perish. That's his whole point. He'll go to any extreme. And you might think harsh of God because God did all this to Adam and Eve. But God's total reason for doing that was so that they wouldn't be in a sinful condition. 
and that Jesus could come. And remember what it said in Galatians, curses everyone that hangs on a tree and said this, that Jesus was cursed for us. Wow. The substitution. Hmm. Now, God does, God does do this. There's an exchange. How many of you, how many of you would like to give all your sin to Jesus? Yeah. He says, well, then it's going to be an exchange. Because if all my sins are going to come to me, then I'm going to give you something back. You know what he gives you back? His righteousness. Yeah. So that when God looks at you, he's not going to say, I remember in the third grade, that spelling test. I remember, I remember in the fifth grade. No. God's going to look at you and he's going to say, wow, I remember on the cross, on the day it turned totally dark, you gave all your sin to Jesus. And you said, Jesus, I'm going to take you. And guess what he did? He gave you Jesus' righteousness. And he's going to look at you, and you're going to be as pure and as sinless as Jesus. And he's going to say, come on into heaven. He's only going to ask me that one time, and I'm going to be scampering in there. Let me ask you this. Have you ever received Christ? If you haven't, there's going to be a day that you're going to bear the judgment of God. Wouldn't it be a shame for Jesus to have paid all your sin and you still don't accept the forgiveness? People can do that. But today, Jesus invites you to receive him. Give him your sin. Take his righteousness. Accept him as your substitute. And the curse that fell on Adam and Eve has been removed by Jesus. He's got an incredible plan. We've looked at the back part. Next week, we're going to look at the future part, the prophecy part. Father, we God's word is amazing. Remember, I told you that by the time we're done with our study of part three, we'd see that a huge price was paid for our salvation. Isn't it amazing that step by step, God redeemed us from the curse that came on Adam and Eve? Matter of fact, we're, we're made better than the curse. You see, in the garden, Adam and Eve, they were innocent. But by the time Jesus is done with us on the cross, he's not only reversed the curse, but he's made us righteous. Our righteousness is in Christ. It's wonderful, isn't it? But that was a huge price that was paid. The price was great for my salvation, for your salvation. It wasn't done on a whim of God, but God's plan was this throughout all eternity. Matter of fact, when I think of the, the verses and the, the crucifixion, I think of a story of an old man who was an auctioneer. And he was trying to auction off a, a picture that showed the sufferings of Christ. And it was so real that, that really no one wanted to buy it. And this picture was actually a, a reproduction of the original. And the man said, don't you realize there's, there's very few copies of this and, and still no one would bid because it was just too realistic to see the sufferings of Christ. And finally he said, you know what? He said, the original sold for over $1,000. And finally someone said, I beg your pardon, sir. The original sold for 30 pieces of silver. My friend, the person on the cross that took my beating, took your beating, took my load of sin, your debt of sin, it was the Lord Jesus. And we've just looked at how he's done that in a remarkable way. Not only has he reversed the curse that came on Adam and Eve, he's given to us eternal life through Christ. My friend, I hope you've accepted him today.
Remember, we say this. First of all, you acknowledge that you're a sinner, that God's judgment is deserved. He's a holy God. He couldn't tolerate sin, any sin, not even stealing a piece of fruit. Have you ever admitted to God that you're a sinner? Next, have you ever admitted that, that when Jesus died on the cross, you knew that he died for you and that you have accepted what he did as the payment for your sin? A holy God's wrath on sin, a holy God's judgment on sin was born on the cross at Calvary by Jesus Christ for your sin. Finally, have you ever personally received him? Have you made him your savior? I've made him my savior. I hope you'll make him your savior. And for those of us that know Christ, I hope that we'll live faithfully for him in these last days. He's coming soon. From creation to the cross, from the cross to the future, we're gonna continue our study on the light, the glory of God versus the darkness, the powers of Satan. Thank you so much for joining us this week. We look forward to coming to part four with us next week. Let's pray. Father, we thank you again for the price that you paid for our salvation. And that price was through the, the suffering of Jesus Christ, through his death and his resurrection. Father, thank you so much for our salvation in Christ. Thank you for our Savior. We pray this and ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.